It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast. Well, I guess I can't confirm this, but I would say that we are the biggest Taylor Swift Baltimore sports podcast of all time. Maryland basketball has won two in a row. Taylor Swift games are one and zero. And by the way, that Maryland basketball could lead this podcast because there is not a lot of Baltimore sports news going on, boys. Not a lot to talk about here. No, I'm. What a way to start. What a way to start a we, pod. We usually sit here for half an hour before we record, at least, and like try to figure out what we're going to talk about, try to plan a little bit, if not text about it all week. And this one, we're just kind of like. Wow, Paul McCartney, huh? Unless you want to talk about Zadarius Smith eyes emojis, um, you know, the Major League Baseball lockout, which really has nothing to do with the Orioles in practice. None of their players have anything to do with the Players Association. The Orioles ownership group is not influential. And we have Paul McCartney coming to Camden Yards. That's the big announcement. Yeah. The, quote, big announcement. When I got that email, I think last Thursday, I, I, I much like everyone else, either thought it was like a stadium lease thing or I thought it was a gambling thing. I thought it was stadium lease. That made the most sense. And, and then, then the Paul McCartney stuff started trickling out. It's like, that's awesome that they're having the event there. I'm just like, I'm not getting up right now for Paul McCartney in 2022. No disrespect to one of the all-time greats, but I mean. And, and like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's an awesome event. Like, I'm not shitting on Paul McCartney. He's good. He's fine. Like, the Beatles are good. I'm not one of those people who go, oh, the Beatles stink. I think the, the Beatles are good. They're, they're very good. I, I just take. don't. Beatles are good. I think <laughs> right. the Beatles are a little overrated, but not a lot Ooh. overrated. But like, middle ground for them to just like, I don't know, the Beatles, Beatles, oh my God, Beatles. Like, okay, you're a first mover. Yeah, you, you did a lot, but you, longevity wasn't really there. Um, thanks, Yoko. I don't know. There's, yeah, thanks a lot. Um, whatever. It's, it just, it's not what people were, when the team says we have a big announcement coming out tomorrow, that's not what people were, were thinking what was going to happen. Again, it would like, have been sweet if Paul was in the building. Yeah. Like if he came out, well, that's a, that's the other thing. Like he's playing at all these other stadiums, ballparks. No one else had a press conference. It's because this, this is, and this is my, this is the only, we have, as we've talked about many times on the show, we have two beautiful, beautiful stadiums in Baltimore. Cannot complain about them at all. The only issue is they don't host the chicken box, not the chicken box, not not adding arenas into that. They do not host enough events like this. Like I, and I I get it's tougher at Camden Yards because, you know, if you're going to do an outdoor summer concert, you know, you're a lot of dates are taken up by the actual tenant of the stadium. So fair enough. But, you know, MNC Bank Stadium just sits there. And I guess because they have to compete with FedEx Field, Nats Park in DC, bigger city. The link, Citizens Bank, Philly, bigger city, an hour to the north and an hour to the south, essentially. That's what makes it tough. But you would just think that, you know, you'd be able to do a little bit of a better job getting things into those venues. But so it's that's, I think, why it is. It's like this never happens. We've had like Billy Joel here one time. So, like, here we go. Here's the press conference. And, and, and like, Brandon Scott needs a win too. Well, and that, that's, that's the other thing is like, I get why he's there. It's going to be, it's great for the economy. It's great for the yep. restaurants, the bars, the hotels. It's going to be awesome. But it's also like, it's one night. Like it's good. It, again, people will, it, it's going to be packed. It's going to be an unbelievable night. And that's not what I'm like shitting on. It's just people, again, we are anticipating something else, either about the team, about the, you know, again, like I said, the stadium, the gambling, like I was expecting to see like, Dempsey's is now a sports book or this is going to be a sports book. This is this renovation, blah, 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 nothing. Um, 
it's a fine it's a it's a, it's a great announcement it's it's good you know bring a concert that's sure it's whatever but i understood i was one of the people who was like ah okay doesn't move the needle for me um especially not when i saw the prices today that tickets were like a thousand dollars already or something like that like okay have fun. you want to hear luck. some of the venues mr mccarty's performing at on this tour He's performing at Truist Field, which is Wake Forest's football stadium. He's he's performing at Thompson Bowling Arena, which is the home of the Tennessee Volunteers in Knoxville. He's performing at the Carrier Dome, which <laughs> that is bizarre to me that he's performing in Syracuse, New York. Maybe Does there's not some... have AC. No, that is at June fourth. That is very weird to me. Uh, then you have like Fenway, some some more Fenway Park, MetLife Stadium, Camp Warren Stadium, Orlando, SoFi Stadium, Oakland Arena, Climate Pledge in Seattle, two in a row, and Spokane Arena. It's a very weird set of. But is Knoxville, Tennessee, you know, dropping the socks for for Paul McCartney? I guess I guess they are. It's a big arena. It's like an over twenty thousand seat arena. But um, the Carrier Dome, where the where Maryland Men's Lacrosse won this weekend, it's very bizarre venue. But you know. Yeah, I, 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 not that I would have ever expected the Orioles to make some sort of like very innovative announcement like you were talking about with the gambling. That's just not really their MO most of the time. Nothing against them. They just, that's not what, it's not like monumental sports and, and play instances when they, they are ahead of the curve on that stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, not like the most exciting announcement, I think, like for Orioles fans. I'm sure there are many. Paul McCartney people that are thrilled, which is great. But if you came at it to from like an Orioles big announcement perspective, like, oh, this is going to be like a 10-year stadium lease, or this is going to be more stadium improvements. This is going to be they're going to move the wall back even further. I they're move the wall back further. They're going to develop more stuff around the stadium. They're gonna even like a community partnership where the Orioles are going to be more ingrained with what the city's doing. I I anything that actually affected the city other than like a one night Paul McCartney show, but that's what we got. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Go, go Paul. I just and hope that they, it leads to them doing more things and more interesting concerts. The guys, the guy is going to play this show six days before his 80th birthday. Really? It's, it's imp- yeah, it's, imp- it's impressive, but it's also like, come on, man. Like what, Come on, that's the thing. It's like who, show. no one, no one in our really demographic is like pounding the table. Like, yes, finally, I can see Sir Paul. And that's they were like, it's the first time he's been back to Baltimore since like 1964 or something. Which again, it's great. Like he's a, he's a historical. I mean, he's he's a legend of music, and that's fine. But again, it just doesn't. If you were looking for someone to rile up this fan base and like, hey, let's go down to the McCartney concert. Like Billy Joel, I could see people going to. I know people who went to Billy Joel. And I'm sure I, I don't know if did. Yeah. See, so like that's it. Sure. It was a great show. Um, it was a good show. And I wouldn't like, say it was great. This one is like our parents will really, really love McCartney. Probably. My, what's, my ama- what's amazing is the Billy Joel concert. Obviously it was notable because it was the first concert in the history of Royal park, which is insane considering the state has been around since 1992. And like I said before, understand, I understand there is a ton of competition in terms of venue. I mean, this is like one of the most, this two hour radius around this city. There are just so many venues of a variety of different sizes that you're competing against. But like, as you said, and, and uh, you know, they alluded, you know, to some of this, like 
if I was them, I'd be like, look, we're getting one of these every year. We are bringing someone in here. Like, get me excited about what potentially could come down the road. And, you know, they, 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 they you can say that it would have been awesome. And, and you're at the, uh, you're at the, uh, you're beholden the artists in terms of whether they're going to tour. But like, you're like, yeah, we had Billy Joel, obviously pandemic change of things, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like we're doing this every year. We're getting somebody in here and it's going to be great. I know, I know during the, when they announced Billy Joel and all that stuff, they announced like we're going to have multiple concert series here in the next couple of years. And like you said, the pandemic obviously threw everything off. But so I know that that's at least what was announced. Um, was that like we're going to do more of these things? So I'm, you know, I, I'm sure in 2023 we'll get someone and, and, you know, it'll be again. Uh, they're swinging for the fences and they're, they're, they're landing some big fish. They're, they're pulling some big guys in. I mean, McCartney and Billy Joel are nothing to, you know, they just don't do a lot of guys. interesting things at that stadium. Like even like the stuff where, you know, the you can top golf. ball for the monster. Yeah. Trucks like, or whatever. Yeah. Like they don't do any, any really at either of these stadiums. To, Except to for totally move the damn wall back and ruin it. Yeah. I don't well, maybe like they move the wall back. So they can't put a top golf there in the, in the off season. <laughs> I do not like the Got way it. I continues to look by the way. Um, I liked it. I liked that RDT continues to sit on the fence when he's like, "Ooh, very weird." It's like, "Come on, man!" It was. It looked weird, but I like <laughs> it. I like it. I'm here for it. The weird and maybe it's funny, maybe it's opportunity. I don't know. Thing about this whole thing is the demographic of people that are come going to come out for Paul McCartney are generally the people that are going to be hesitant to come because they're like, "Oh, go into the city. Oh Prime. God. Oh my gosh." And maybe it's an opportunity for them to showcase and maybe show some things that aren't so bad. Like, Hey, you know, you went to a Paul McCartney concert and nobody got killed. Um, but at the same time, Sunday, like, night, Sunday just, night too. Shouldn't they be looking for something with a little more pizzazz? I, I, I don't know. It's just, it couldn't move the needle less for me. Well, I, I also get it because like we said, he's going to be 80 a week later. So it's like, hey, you you may not be able to wait another year. If you can get McCartney, you get McCartney. Like if they came to the Orioles and were like, hey, we're going to do this tour. You want Paul at Camden Yards? It's probably like, yeah, because he may not be walking around the stage at 81. Like, you know, it is it is the interesting thing. We talked about this with the with the golf tournament last year. This is also some, like we want this to be highly attended because you, you obviously, if you're having issues bringing in artists and I'm not, maybe they aren't, maybe they're just turning people down, but I would assume that they're trying to get these people. You want these to be sold out every single time because that allows you to then go and be like, Hey, Baltimore's great. Mark, we will come for what it's worth. you <laughs> according to Wikipedia, your uh, concerts in MNC bank stadium, Metallica in 2000, Kenny Chesney in the poets and pirates tour. He's always got good names for his tours in 2008. <laughs> U2 360 tour in 2011, Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake in 2013, Beyonce and Jay-Z in 2014, Billy Joel in 2015, One Direction in 2015 uh, as well, Beyonce in 2016, Metallica in 2017, and then obviously the Garth Brooks concert that was supposed to be here last year. Um, are your, and then they had HFS Festival twice. They had Monster Jam three times, according to us. <laughs> I've done Monster Jam at the Chicken Box, and that is a damn good time. We did uh, obviously PBR a couple of years ago. That was sick. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was able to get the great back half of that experience, which was going to the PBR bar in Power Plant Live. And um, my birthday happened um, at midnight, which was just – I'll never really forget that. It was just an unbelievable feeling to smell my birthday there. 
Uh, uh, MT Bank Stadium also hosts, hosted soccer, most notably Chelsea and AC Milan, from 71,000 people. 2009. Didier Drago scored an absolute world of a uh, goal in that game. So, yeah, we'll see how it is. It, it, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, if, if Paul brings the house down, Cam Yards gets more concerts. Might be well till Cam Yards hosts baseball, considering how the uh, definitely doesn't seem like it's going to be on time. But hopefully the, the players and the – what's your prediction, Artie? You're following this more than me and Banks. What would you say is your opening day day prediction? You don't have to go through – we'll talk about – if this keeps going, we'll, we'll have a pot where we talk about all the issues and our thoughts on it. What would be your prediction right now? February twenty second. An opening, an opening day date. I don't know. I th- I do think they get something done this week. Like I think at, within the next two weeks, I think they get something done. Um, and I, st- I that'll push it. I mean, I don't know if they delay it, maybe a week or two. Um, that seems like a win. I don't know. It just seems like now that there's more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not intensity. There's more. They, they, they seem like now they are like, all right, we have to get something done, which again, I don't know why, where this was two months ago or a month ago, but I, th- I think, I, I think we're close to seeing something. Um, not, not like tomorrow or, or Thursday or something like that, but I think within a, a reasonable time frame, we see something opening day. I don't know. What is it supposed to be? The 31st. Isn't that when it was, um, I think that sounds I'll right. Say, it's, yeah, it sounds it's, right. In, it's insane what they did during COVID when they finally settled on the 60 game schedule. They lost so much by just trying to be sticks in the mud with the entire thing where I'm waking up every morning and watching KBO uh, getting fired up for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing that every single day for a while. It was what an era, highlight of my way, pandemic. Yeah. Era. Yeah. Um, big I'll, say, I'll say April 7th right now for opening day. April okay. 7th. Okay. Just a week. Yeah. You're you're right though. Yeah. You're right though, Banks. Like if the, if this goes for a long time, baseball just cannot stay out of their own way. I mean, it, it, they just mm-hmm. we've talked about this in a variety of different ways over the course of the length of the XMT podcast. But like, what are you doing? Like, what are we doing? Like, people already don't like baseball for a variety of reasons, and now you're just going to give them more. Like, just going to keep pushing people out of the game. Do other things. Can't just rely on people to come back. Bad press for the Olympics, not good ratings. There you go. There aren't many more Cal Ripkins to bring these fans back. Yeah. Or you know what? If Manfred was smart, he'd let he'd open up the year and be like, hey, guess what? Everyone can juice. Y'all want home runs? Honestly, honestly, wouldn't be a stupid idea. Just go the other way. Just go full heel. Full steroids and people hit 90 home runs a year and strike out 3,000 times. That can be kind of entertaining. Oh, guess what, guys? Now every seventh inning, you guys get to use a metal bat. Yeah. Tim Kirchin would just be absolutely losing his mind on Sports Center. God. The stat he I, would not be able to keep up with the stats. Yeah. Like this is not baseball. This the is on, not baseball. The on pace stats and would be right. just a mess. Yeah. Metal bats. They should do the home run derby with metal bats. That would be legitimately entertaining. I used to I used to say that they should let the home the home run derby participants for one week do a steroid cycle and they get to use metal bats. Just a God, week though, pray, just a week. Pray for, pray for the nine year olds frolicking around center field, just getting absolutely drilled. One of these days we're gonna see it. By the, by the, they by should the do run. one at Camden Yards and move the wall back to where it should be. <laughs> oh man! Well, maybe they need to get a, uh, an All Star game first. That's yeah. a whole other story. It's an All Star game. 
Get Paul McCartney. Let Paul McCartney leave. Give us an all-star game. If, if, if MLB was like, Hey, we would, we would do an all-star game there, but you guys have to move the wall back. And they did. Is that, if that was one of the reasons, is that Ooh. okay? They were like, Hey, listen, this, this, this three thirty three fence that ain't going to cut it. That's a good hypothetical. I would say probably worth it. It would be fun to have the all-star game here. Oh my God. It would be so much fun. I think DC was a blast. Here. It was really cool in DC. It was really cool. The all-star game, the all-star little couple of days is one of the best things baseball does, even though the all-star game isn't really that interesting, but I just want to attend the celebrity softball game. It is I, honestly, on my I was going to say, yeah, I want to go. I want to go. Banks so just bad. wants to see Ricky just pop the chain once in person. That's all I want. You would lose it. You would lose it. <laughs> and I want to see like Sean Johnson do some some flips and shit. Oh my god. It would be oh it would be god. Michael Phelps. Michael Josh Phelps Finch. would play. I may tweet that out. Like if, if we Baltimore should... gets an all-star game, who are the celebrities? Yeah, Jenny Finch, great follow on Instagram. I mean, oh, we let's, do... let's put a pin in this. Let's make that a starting five sometime. Right, yeah, let's do that. Let's yeah, do that. yeah, I like yeah, a starting yeah, nine or something. We know Jen, we know Jenny's gonna be in it. I mean, she's in it every single year. It, it's uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do that. Brady, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we can't, who we would uh, who would sing a national anthem? All time low, Cisco, Mario. <laughs> uh, they, you have Gallant, who's an up and coming R and B singer from Columbia. They should they should actually do um, they should just do like an like a drumline, like orchestral, very like Francis Scott Key esque anthem. That's probably the way to go about it. Would that get the people going? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. bring Paul McCartney. No. <laughs> he'll be like 88 when that's happened. <laughs> Not even he'll American. Be, he'll be he'll be 95. Oh, say can you see? Oh man, that'd be entertaining. Yeah, let's let, let we'll craft our ultimate Baltimore celebrity softball game. And then we should do the Baltimore um I I love the celebrity all-star game and then the NBA too. Not that Baltimore will ever have that, but God, I love that game. The high jumper from Italy with the putback was was one of the great moments of sports this weekend. Miles Better than the real Garrett dunk contest. Miles Garrett in a in a basketball uniform was a sight to be seen. Yeah, next to Machine Gun Kelly. I mean, talk about people <laughs> watching. That was unbelievable. Um, yeah, celebrity self game. Uh, with that said, talk. Uh, speaking of music, and talk about the uh, the national level. Let's get into our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Uh, we're doing favorite albums, favorite albums. Um, Fed Thrill, you can get 20% off using the promo code XP2 and all your sunglasses needs. Starting to perk up in temperature a bit, guys. It's like 65 today. I know it didn't have any sun, but you're just starting to feel those little vibes here. It's February starts to come to a close of the spring when we can use our sunglasses more. So use the promo code XP2, get 20% off. Favorite albums, favorite albums. Inspired by, I guess, what we did last night with the Taylor Swift night at Maryland. So that's what you texted uh, RDT earlier, and that's what we're going with. Banks, you have the first pick. RDT has the second pick. I have the third pick. Brian. Is it is it lame to just take it to start it no. off? I know exactly what you're going to do. No, take it. I don't, I don't know if I want to do that to you. I don't care. Take it. And I'm just going to take it. I'm going to take red. Okay. Taylor's I think that's what you were going to do. Red. I had to Ford. clarify that. Taylor's yeah, should, Fuck Scooter Braun. Fuck Scooter Braun. It's an amazing. It's legitimate. Songs. 
yeah, I mean, now it's a million songs. Legitimately a great album, obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, we, when this came out, we talked about it a bunch. But yeah, just like the fact that she wrote songs in the decade or so, like in a decade or so since she put that album out originally, she had songs that she had written and then said, okay, this just doesn't fit within the framework of my other work that I'm doing right now. I'm just going to give them to other artists. And then she basically just took them back and made them awesome and better with these extra tracks on the new album. Just goes to show Taylor Swift. Absolute queen. Go on. Yeah, nothing else to add. Queen. All righty. Uh, I'm going to go a good friend of Taylor Swift. Uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, Kanye West. Wow. That, I mean, that's, that's one of the great, that album is just fantastic. Can, can we, get- can I stop here just for a second and say no double dipping on artists in this? We should have made that a ground rule from the start. Can I just say that now? No, like yeah. each person. Each of us. No, I understand take, what you're saying. Oh, like I can't yeah. take two con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I thought that is yeah. fine. I was gonna go full, full. I thought you were. Uh, gonna, you were maybe. Gonna yeah, do that. I was gonna take a terrorist album with every pick. I wouldn't um, have hated that. I don't. That's fine. Yeah. Well, I could pivot. Um, that's a great album. It re- really is. My brief for Dark Twisted Fantasy is very good, especially like the first. So like six songs. Are do you do you want to hear it? I mean, I had the track list in front of me. Yeah. Go, yeah. Go ahead. Starts off with Dark Fantasy. Goes into Gorgeous with Kid Cudi and Raekwon. Power at number three. All the lights interlude. All the lights. Monster. So appalled. Devil in a new dress. Runaway. Hell of a life. Blame game. Lost in the world. And then who will survive in America? That's the entire album. There, There's not a skip there in that. If you're a Kanye yeah, fan right. or like, take away everything about him now. Like that 2010, 2011 Kanye was untouchable. And like every one of those songs is could be the best song on any album. Like Runaway is is an awesome song. I love Runaway. Every it's a great song. Dark Fan, everything on here is so good. Monster, power. It's it's just great. All the lights is like an all-time like what would be your walkout song. So DJ DJ Chris Styles playing that every Friday night. Oh, uh, Chris. Yeah, it's a great album. It's a great album. Um, I could get this later. But I have to take it symbolically. I'm taking Speak Now by Taylor Swift. Because I know it's not getting taken, but I'm taking it anyway. Yeah. If she had put out her version of it yet, I would be taking that maybe over Red. But yeah. she hasn't. So. It is my favorite Taylor Swift album. So despite the fact that I am absolutely fuck Scooter Braun, uh, <laughs> let me tell you what, that Portnoy Scooter Braun video is one of the underrated Portnoy videos of all time. When he just, Scooter Braun called me. Scooter Braun called me. In the old um, the call her daddy controversy, great video. Does not seem like either of you guys remember that. I don't. No, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, no. that's what company do you guys write for? Try to keep um, Scooter Braun out of my brain. Scooter Braun. Uh, Speak now is awesome. It's my favorite Taylor Swift album. The red is really creeping up on it, especially after the Taylor's version. But let's be now is my favorite Taylor Swift song, Enchanted. So I will take that here third. And then I will take, I will just stay in a similar genre. I'm taking Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves, which won the Grammy for Album of the Year and is has no skips. There's no skips. Whew. And going Taylor Swift, Casey Musgraves is probably going to, you know, really, really bring the listeners against me here, maybe. But in, in terms of what is probably mostly a male listening audience, in terms of who tweets at us, that's just what I'm assuming. Maybe there's just a bunch of 
women that are listening to us that aren't treating ass, but uh, I'm taking Casey. Now I'm freaking slaps. It's so good. I, I guess said before we started, gun to my head, I could not tell you one Casey Musgrave song. Uh, and like I, I, you get yourself. I, I have a pretty like girly music. Like I enjoy like a lot of like artists like that. And I just don't, I, I've never heard any of her songs. She is 10 out of 10 tremendous. I, I'm upset that I missed her recent show that was indie. Send me, send me five songs to listen to and I'll, and Done. I'll, I'll, dive I'll do, in. I'll do it when we finish. I'll dive in this weekend. You're up, RDT. Uh, I'm going Take Care by Drake. Came out, I think it was like right around the same time as when did that come out? 2011. Um, just another absolute banger after banger. Big Drake guy. Over My Dead Body is a fantastic song. Headlines. Take Care with Rihanna, Marvin's Room. There's so many good, so many good songs on that. And Drake. Say the name of the Take Care by Drake. H-Y-F-R with Lil Wayne. The motto. Ugh. So many good songs. Good album. Thanks. I'm going to take The Foundation by Zach Brown Band. You can lock that in. Debut album. Starts off with Toes. Whatever it is, Where the Boat Leaves From. Free, Chicken Fried, Mary, Different Kind of Fine, Highway 20 Ride. It's not okay. Jolene, sick him on a chicken. I mean, it's just an absolute, just heavy hitter after heavy hitter. Um, their first two albums is just next world stuff. Um, they've kind of simmered a bit recently, but uh, yeah, just an all-time album. Have to take it. You guys don't have anything to contribute on this, really. Oh, I know that's song, Chicken Fried. Chicken Fried. Chicken Fried's yeah. good. Chicken fried, yeah. Um, And I'm going to take, man, this is super tough for me. Um, Which of them I'm going to choose, but I think I got to go with graduation. Um, I am not crazy about uh, my twisted, dark, blah, 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 blah. That's a lot of words. Beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. Yeah, I'm I'm not that crazy about that. I feel like that's a transitional album for me where it's like, okay, there's still some good stuff in here. And then the next albums where it's like, okay, I'm out on Kanye, but graduation, I think has the most hits. Um, just the, the mixing he does on that album is just next level. Um, when people say they want the old Kanye, that's the old Kanye. It's a great one. Great album. It really is. It's really, it's really, really good. I definitely add it. I, the Kanye albums are just good. Like it's it's crazy where Kanye is now when you talk about him. I need to watch the Kanye Netflix documentary because that goes through a lot of these new these older albums. And I mean that is, I mean, college dropout, late registration. And I, I mean these we know all it's, these. I'm not giving our picks. I think like, it's, it's the best incredible... three album run of, a, of by Ed, any, anyone ever. maybe ever. It's it's possible. I mean, I won't. You Fearless won't Speak Now Red. Fearless or, Speak Now Red is is right there with it. Or Speak Now Red 1989 is also both very good three album runs. Well, you could be leaking one of Eric's picks here. But so. yeah. No, no. <laughs> you didn't. You won't, but um, <laughs> me next, right? Yes. Um, I am getting, well, he's connected to Taylor Swift. Uh, where the light is, John Mayer live in LA. 
Oh, wow. Yep. A live uh, album. Yeah. It's an album. John Mayer. Yeah. Love no, John. It's, it's an interesting wrinkle. I'm, I am very jealous of all my friends who get to go to John Mayer tomorrow and everyone who saw him in New York last night, which... His, Why are you his, not seeing him? Because I, I can't go. I can't be. Oh, <laughs> no. Be no. I got to take daycare on Thursday. That is one of the oh, saddest man. things I've ever seen since we started doing this show. No, I'm not. That admission that you just couldn't do it. You just can't do you it. You can barely oh, even say the words. <laughs> that hurt me. That that cut me so deep. You, I wish people could have seen the look on your face when you said that. That was tough to watch. Wait till you have a kid who's been sick for a week. <laughs> and then. Oh, like, no. Now I cleaned up a lot of throw up this weekend. A lot. Oh, get well soon oh, yeah friday saturday sunday was a good time Jeez. um you're a good dad thank you the, the the live album though it's so good and it's just i i love john mayer he's always on my spotify rap not a big deal i'm not as high as <laughs> on I, i'm not like 0.03 percent listener like like taylor is but uh he's uh he's very uh, do do taylor swift fans like do the swifties hate john mayer or oh, did yeah. he really like I mean, I think I think it's 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 below your Jill and Halls, um, maybe your Kanye's, but he's right up there, probably in the top three or four. Is he? Obviously. I was gonna say, does does he make the Mount Rushmore of of hated? Oh Swift yeah, Texas? I think really. So. I mean, I mean, dear John. I mean, there's a reason you have dear John. I mean, he broke Taylor's heart. It's it's all about it's all yeah, about everyone these older did. Guys. Everyone did. I mean, I I don't think any. I don't think Swifties hate like Harry Styles. I don't know. Well, you know, Joe. I don't think they hate Joe Jonas. He's kind of played into some of that stuff, but. I think Jill and and Mayer are the are the guys. I think those are the guys. I mean, freaking Kanye, but that's for a variety of other reasons. We're breaking uh-huh. heart. Yeah, it's a conversation for another podcast. I'll do a whole pot on that Kanye thing if you want. I mean, I mean, no, 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 not Kanye. I'm just um, listen to our other podcast and today today in Taylor Swift relationships. <laughs> we record every Friday. <laughs> Get our takes on that. Um. Okay, I got two here. Um, let me make sure I'm getting this right. Um, cause I meant to like, look it up and make sure I got the name correct. I am taking, um, Tupac, all eyes on me, double album. Whoa. Uh, so good. So good. Uh, California love. Let me just read some of the, let me just read some of the names off here. Ambitions as a rider, all about you. How do you want it? Hearts That's of Man, Life Goes there. On, Two of America's Most Wanted, Only God Can Judge Me, California Lot, I Ain't Mad at You, Can't See Me. I mean, you know, some ones that I can't say language-wise, but two hours and 12 minutes, 27 songs, just fire from Tupac. They don't and make them like any, that anymore. They don't make them like that. There's anyone. Tupac, by the way, has some Baltimore connections, so there you go. Taking Pac. I had a giant Tupac phase when I was in high school. Really, <laughs> as a suburban Baltimore kid, he really spoke to me. Uh, the struggles I was going through. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Love Tupac. R.I.P., man. R.I.P. Um, and then, in that, in a, I think in a similar, similar vein, um, I'm going to take an album that I think also spoke to, you know, things that I, you know, have dealt with in life, just like Tupac. Um, I'm taking Here We Go Again, Demi Lovato's 2009 album. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that. Wow. On. You want to you talk about bangers? You want to talk about bangers? This is these I'm showing you guys. There's no skips here, baby. There's no skips in here. Re- read Dynamite. some of them out. 
Got dynamite, stop the world. Remember December, catch me quiet, falling over me. Fuego from Demi. Fuego. So, taking that. I'm sure that was high on your guys' boards. So, I'm going to get that, make sure I get that on my team. People were breathing down my neck for that one. I'm sure that'll, I'm sure the listeners will love that one. All right, there you go. 11, RDT. I'm going Babel, Mumford and Sons. I've been so bored by Mumford and Sons. Oh, Can I, I give love you that Mumford take? and Sons. I, I I don't dislike them. I just it's just I don't know. I dislike I, them. Oh, I, yeah. so you dislike them? Yeah, they they bore me to death. I love them. I yeah, I'm good. there. I'm there with you. Just a big yawn fest. Yeah, this one. I think they have some very good. Also, if you, I mean, if you don't hear, I will wait and not think of the caps. That the 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 video they did when they won the Stanley Cup. Okay, that's fair. That's a big that's a big callback. Did you make it to that parade? Oh yeah, I sweated my ass off and oh, and I didn't know you were. Did we? Yeah, I I I was a. You and I quote, were standing next to each other. Thanks. Well, correct. Yeah, I we talked about this recently. I think we I we gave, didn't gave my last I was water a, to some poor guy. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. I was a quote unquote chaperone on the Jimmy's bus trip. Johnny just said, don't, don't get as drunk as the most drunk person on the bus and you can go for free. So we rode the bus mm. down. We were waiting for our, our spots on the, uh, on the monumental bus. Never came. Yeah. I, I thought we were going to be in the parade. Yeah. Still waiting for our rings. I know. Mm. Finish your team out, Banks. I'm in a tough spot here. I'm in a tough spot. I know I stole Demi from you. I know it's okay. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Um, Plenty other I Demi could, to go around. I could maybe still. There is a lot of Demi here. albums. I'm not going to do it though. Um, I'm going to take License to Ill by Beastie Boys. Another one okay. I know was hot on the list here that you guys were clamoring for. Um, first parental advisory album I ever got. Um, fun fact. Uh, just a great album through and through. Uh, debut album for them is 35 years old. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. And still me. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with. The Black Album by Metallica. Self-titled okay. album. I don't know that it's my favorite Metallica album. I think it's Injustice for All, but that's the one with the most commercial appeal. Um, little so I'm going to go with that. It's a little bit. A little bit. That's fine. But I, I just, I wanted that to really round out my team with a lot of eclectic choices here, and I think I've accomplished that. I like that. All right, Eric, what do you got to finish? I am going, Taylor, you said an album that really that really stuck with you and helped you through mm-hmm. your tough year. The Marshall Mathers LP. <laughs> Stan. It's just, who knew? It's so, Remember me. Kill you. Paul. Steve Berman skits. Uh, I mean, old school Eminem. Kim. Whew. That's why we, we, we get along so well, Eric. The fact that, you know, you know, 
Demi Lovato got through my tough times and Eminem got you through yours. That's I was talking about I was talking about it. Tupac with you. Well, I, I think Demi did a little more than Tupac, okay. but that, that's neither here nor there. No, no disrespect to Pac, but we're talking Demi Lovato here. I mean uh, Marshmallow Theory Pitch really good. I mean, Eminem has an amazing run there at the beginning as well. It was it was it was tough for me to pick between that or Slim Shady um LP. Is that what the first one was called? Slim Shady LP, I think. Um, but again, like trying to convince my parents to let me get this so this album that had two um songs about killing and like brutally murdering his ex-wife was a tough tough look for 11 year old rdt <laughs> like <laughs> like mom i won't listen to bitch please out loud i won't listen to kim like no the song kill you it's not that bad it was not a good uh and then his skits that he used to put on were very uh vulgar very uh inappropriate but I laughed at him when I was younger and uh, would probably still laugh at him now, but Stan is still just an all, a, a very good song and it's people still parody that to this day. So tough to pick an Eminem album, but I think that's the one that sticks out to me most. So Marshall Mathers LP, a lot of, a lot of halftime, a lot of Super Bowl halftime coming up in these, uh, in this draft. So I feel like I've done a pretty good job trying to represent kind of all my phases of my not all of them that I won't get all of them, but of how I've kind of worked through music. Um, and I, I, you know, I've got my Taylor Swift, obviously I got my Casey Musgraves of, you know, more recent times, my Tupac phase, and then my ability to just continue to listen to pop and that my friends don't understand why I listen to so deeply. Um, I, maybe Disney channel pop would be a good word way to describe <laughs> it. Um, so I'm going to finish with um, an album that I listened to, you know, probably, I guess it probably came out around 2002. So when I was 10, um, and got me into this genre. And this guy was just huge at this point. I'm taking Nellyville. Oh, um, good Nelly. pick. Mm. Good pick. Um, which I feel like obviously has, you know, all the ones you know, um, Hot in Here, Pimp Juice, Dilemma. But like Air Force One's tremendous. You know, they're, they're, Nellyville is really, really good. Work it, you know, rock the mic. There, there's a lot of good stuff. Number one, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I almost took Sweatsuit, the double album that he released <laughs> after that, which has Heart of a Champion, which is just Heart of a Champion is such a great good song. But I actually listened to Sweat the other day. Some of the other stuff did not uh, did not uh, travel as far as I thought it would have here in 2022. So that kind of backs me off of that pick a little bit. <laughs> Heart of a Champion still slaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nelly Bill, I feel like, just has a little more, little more meat to it so i'm gonna take nelly though uh I like nelly that. was so good nelly was so good good for nelly man he had a good run okay what a draft banks took red taylor's version um the foundation zach brown band graduation by kanye west licensed ill by the beastie boys and the black album by metallica rdt takes my beautiful dark twisted fantasy kanye west take care by drake uh where the light is live in la by john mayer uh, Babel by Mumford and Sons and the Marshall Mathers LP by Mr. Marshall Mathers himself, Eminem. Um, I took Speak Now by Taylor Swift, Golden Hour, Casey Musgraves. All Eyes on Me, Tupac, Here We Go Again, Demi Lovato. I just <laughs> urge our listeners to go listen to that. Those two back-to-back um, are great. <laughs> yeah, Demi and Tupac. I'm sure, Demi probably thinks she's in, as impactful as Tupac. <laughs> Somehow. Uh, looking for alien. She's probably she probably has found Tupac to be honest with you. And uh, I took Nellyville 
by Nelly. Uh, any honorable mentions that you guys? I mean, every Taylor Swift album is an honorable mention for me. I could have taken any of them from this draft. Um, it's close I, to taking uh, Ghetto Music, The Love Below. So good. Um, yeah. That was as on well as Pankonia as well. Um, go ahead. Just some more. I got, I got more. I had uh, the self titled Joe West album. <laughs> the cover of that album is great if you haven't seen it the if the people don't know what we're talking about the uh mlb umpire newly retired um, i thought about just taking a now cd just like a random number <laughs> now 69. 17 yeah <laughs> kids about 42 <laughs> i and kanto soundtrack could throw it on there um, let me tell you what the frozen soundtrack was not on the, was on the honorable the frozen uh, two soundtracks uh, on the honorable bangs bangers they got the bangers. tarzan soundtrack yeah. Shout out Phil Collins, that making making everyone hits. cry every time that song comes on. Yeah, Avatar uh, for I, Destruction I, by Guns N' Roses. I popped on the Lion King soundtrack randomly a couple days ago. I can't remember why. Something like oh, it was because one of the figure skaters competed to a medley in her free skate. That has some good songs on it, man. Yeah, it does. Lion King out. Uh, Elton John in the nineties. You you bring him on <laughs> to do a little. Do a soundtrack for you, and he's gonna. He's, he's gotta gonna be deliver. making so much money on Disney royalties off of that stuff. He's uh, he, he was a feature on uh, on graduation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in um, he was in all the lights to too. Yeah, he was in all the lights. Um, I had Best Day Ever and Kids by Mac Miller. They're more mixtapes, kind of, but I went through a hard Mac Miller phase. Best day ever is very, very good. I'm stunned that Taylor didn't take Sour. Yeah, I, I Sour needs a little more time to, to grow in my life. You know, it's hard to take it right now. Um, but it's it was on my list. It was on my list. Sour was definitely on my list. Um, but I just feel like like I want to I want to know that I like it in five years. I didn't want to take anything that like the last two years. Mm, I feel like some people know, are going to have a field day with that Taylor. Yeah, that's, then that's fine. And that's fine. And th- those, those, th- you know what I call those people? Banks, haters, and losers. Um, <laughs> I had, um, <laughs> that was on there though. I did have that on there. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, B2K pandemonium. I'm sure you guys had that on there. I had that. And I had uh, millennium two week, two, two out of the last three weeks. We've got a B2K reference. Uh, two. Yeah, I might start referencing B2K every week. I actually was watching. I was just listening to B2K this week <laughs> randomly. Of course. Yeah. Um, confessions, Usher. I was just uh, about to say confessions. <laughs> um, no strings attached. Take off. Take off your pants and jacket. Um, uh, checking sink. Yeah, blank. Um, did you say just say Millennium by Backstreet Boys? Did you I, throw I, it I said Millennium. Next? I yeah. did. I thought Very you said Millennium. Uh, that also will any of also <laughs> the wild Smith wild west greatest greatest tips album from like 2001 that's just like that has is just no skips on there there's no skips on there tom Pe- tom petty's greatest hits if we're doing that yeah yeah god i love that in will 2k he says not a millennium a willennium i mean the, the fact that he was calling it a willennium is i mean that guy that guy was an all-timer will smith god bless him i hope he wins the oscar i hope he wins the oscar for playing Richard Williams, we could go on this forever, but uh, United yeah. States of Atlanta by Ying Yang Twins. <laughs> a lot of Ariana, I won't name the Ariana, I had like three Ariana Grande albums on, I won't name them all. 
but they're all on there. My everything. Um, so yeah. Did the uh, did the starting five draft there a little early? Normally we do that post interview. Did it pre interview because we just had a little less lead off. So let's get to our interview with uh, Orioles top prospect. Let me tell you what. Listening to these guys, we'll get in the interview, but listening to these guys talk about like being excited to play with all the young guns. If you listen to that stuff from like him and Grayson, don't get excited about the Orioles. I don't know what to tell you. So let's get to our interview with DL Hall. Something magic happens. We're back here on the X52 podcast with Orioles pitcher DL Hall. And DL, I gotta start with this, man. It sounds like you don't have a Twitter right now. It sounds like you're 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 totally out of commission. Can you just give the people you know, a message that, you know, if you say something on Twitter right now, it's not you. Nothing said on your Twitter is you right now. Yeah, it got taken over yesterday, last night around 8 o'clock. So anything after that has not been me. It's been a it's been a tough time the past uh, 24 hours. <laughs> but uh, we're working to get it back, so hopefully I do. Are they well, selling? Like, what's going on? Are they <laughs> selling things? Like, what are they trying to do? Giving away PlayStation 5s? Or we, yeah. I don't know if they, like, originally – well, I guess they did originally set off to get my Twitter because they like I got three verification codes um, through text message, so, so I knew somebody was trying to get into it, and uh, I was like, "Well, I'll be fine" because I had the verification code, so I was like, "Nobody will get in it." Well, then I go on my email, and I had emailed Twitter three times saying that I couldn't get into my account, and it wasn't even me. So they were on my email, they were on my email, emailing Twitter and telling telling twitter didn't get in their account and then that's how they got in so i was going back and forth with them like trying to steal it back they were like doing it at the same time as me like i'm trying to change the password and like change the uh associated email and stuff <clears throat> and the whole time like they're doing it at the same time it keeps like starting me over and then i'll like get through it and i and i got the like log back in and then it logged me out again and when I tried to log back in the second time, it, I was a goner. <laughs> That's awful. We'll, we'll, we'll get a lot it. of that going around. I mean, we'll the, get it back. I've had all kinds of notifications for like my Discover card's been hacked or something. And we had emails going on, people trying to send fake part of my take emails with the Barstool accounts or something. I don't know what's going on out there. The doggy dog world. It's more um, people sitting at home worried about how to take your stuff than they are worried about getting feral. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. very well said. All right. We'll, we'll get right into it. First things first, the elbow. You were shut down last year with the stress fracture. I think you made seven, six or seven starts. Um, just hopped back on a mound last month. How how's it feel to get back on the mound, number one? How's the elbow feeling? What was the rehab like? What was the, uh, you know, what, what was the injury and, and like recovery like for that, that injury? <clears throat> um, you know, it was, it was a long, it was like a, it was a lot longer than uh, I originally thought it was going to be, but it was definitely tough. I, um, I'm feeling great. Uh, I'm like, <clears throat> I went six months without throwing. Uh, well, actually it was like five and a half without throwing, which is like the longest I've went without throwing since I was, I don't even know, like maybe like eight years old. And uh, so I was like, uh, so that was like a big shock to me, but um, I'm back going and I'm back in the weight room and and training and everything. Obviously I have been for probably like three or four months now. Um, I've been back for a little while, probably about three months. So it's a, it's been a long road, but I'm finally getting, getting close. So. (laughs) 
Now, how excited were you when you officially got back to being on that mountain? Because I saw the tweets, I saw the videos and everything, and, and you looked pretty pumped up to be back out there. Yeah, it's definitely a great feeling. I mean, I, I literally just that's all I that's all I like looked forward to for six months basically was just to start back throwing. And then once I started back throwing, it was like now I can't wait to get off a mound. So every day that I like progress and do something new, it's always it's always exciting because I mean, when you're rehabbing, you just kind of try and look forward to anything. <laughs> now, with the lockout, too. So, obviously, there's no communication between people, guys on the 40-man like yourself and the teams. And, obviously, you can't work out at the facilities or anything. I, it probably hasn't affected you much in the offseason, but, obviously, going forward with spring training, start, it's supposed to start last week. What's that been like to kind of just be like, I'm just throwing at a high school field or, you know, my, the field that you played at or whatever, like what's, what's going on with that? And how, how bad does that, it kind of stinks that you don't have those facilities to work out in. Right. It's definitely, um, you know, it's definitely different because coming off an injury, you know, that already makes it like, you know, a different year. So, and then you have all this going on. So it's like, I'm, you know, middle in the middle of my rehab and uh, you know, things like that. And I can't, you know, contact the team and stuff, which, I have a full, you know, set program and everything to follow um, before that happened. But it's uh, it's definitely like I've kind of enjoyed, you know, having the break away from, you know, like having to talk to people every single day. But um, at the same time, it's definitely, you know, it definitely makes it a little bit tougher. But um, it, it also is like a, an advantage to me, I feel like, just because of I am coming so I have that little bit of extra time to get my arm back going. Is this a situation where you guys, like you and the rest of the young guys, are sort of holding each other accountable during this time where you, you know, you aren't able to be together, so you can't like work out maybe all the time together, but it's like, you know, pushing each other through text, you know, competition, like making sure everyone's right whenever the season does in fact start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you know, like I, t- I think the only person that um, – I mean, the only two people I, like, talk to on the daily basis is probably, like, Vespi and Grayson. And uh, Grayson is, like, maybe, like, every other day because he's sending me something, like, you know, talking shit or something. So, <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm used to that. So, that's, like, a normal thing. And, like, today him and – they're already down in Florida. So, him and Vespi, like, sent me a Snapchat where, like, get off the couch, you know, like talking crap because because they get to be at the field and I don't. But it's so, yeah, we definitely always mess with each other. And uh, even if we're not, uh, you know, actually pushing each other, we're usually talking crap. So that usually pushes the other person. <laughs> and how much does that like friendly competition help you like, you know, you guys on the field? Because, again, like it seems like you and Grayson, great friends. You could throw Adley in there. It seems like you all like if 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 baseball wasn't the thing, like you guys would be friends off the field. How much does that help you guys? Like, like Taylor said, to push each other, to get better, to train harder, to, to, you know, lift more stuff like that. Yeah. We, I mean, it kind of, I feel like it showed, you know, itself at the beginning of the year in Bowie, we had a, we had a really great, uh, you know, core group of guys that we had played with each other basically from low A um, on up. And so like, we all knew each other and, and everybody was, you know, it was just surrounded by a bunch of good dudes. And, and we, you know, our Bowie team at the beginning of the year was like, 
I think we had like the best record in baseball or something for like the first month or so or whatever. So, I mean, I feel like it showed, you know, just to have a group of guys, you know, that you're closer with and, you know, have been around for a little while. It definitely, you know, show it's, it's definitely starting to show that, you know, we have that core group that's going to really, you know, be able to work together good and, and push each other. <clears throat> we got to come up with some sort of nickname combo for like you and Grayson, you, Grayson and Adley, like all the guys down there. So we, we got to, is there anything you guys have been working on? What, what do you guys call each other down, you know, down when you guys were at Bowie or, or in the, uh, the mini camps or anything like that? Uh, we don't really have, we don't really have anything, I guess. Um, we all have like small nicknames for each other, but we don't have a group nickname, but now that you bring it up, I'm going to have to, make, I'm going to have to make it happen. Once <laughs> I, once I get down there, I'll get, I'm sure I'll get some uh, opinions from Grayson and Adley and uh, we'll just have to come up with something, maybe like the electric factory or something. There we go. We could do, <laughs> we could not do bad. That, like I that. can describe power on the mound and power at the plate. I think that that works out pretty well. Dale, you're, you're from that down in Georgia, obviously baseball hotbed. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you played probably with, with tremendous players your entire career. What's it, what was the transition like from you going as a, you know, a top flight high school recruit, coming out into the, the professional ranks, what was that entire transition like to where now you're sort of maybe on the precipice of, of getting to your ultimate goal? Uh, you know, it's definitely like anytime, you know, somebody like asks me about that, I always tell them it's like uh, if you can imagine like being a king and sitting on the throne and then, and then because you got drafted and you're all excited and then, uh, and then you think you're, you know, really on top of the world and, I get to go to Baltimore and sign and everything. And then, and then you get flown to the GCL and you got to spend your first year down there. And it's like, you go from being a King to, you know, you're starting, you're all the, you're the smallest fish in the pond now. Um, So it's definitely a big transition, but uh, I think it just, you know, kind of pushes or pushed me to, um, you know, work a little harder so I could get up there quicker. And now, now, you know, starting to feel that feeling of, I might get the chance to, uh, you know, feel like I, uh, you know, accomplishing that feat of reaching the big leagues. And so it's, you know, it's crazy. It's like a roller coaster, but it's all worth it, hopefully, in the end. <laughs> Going back to that draft day. So Keith Law had you ranked as the, the 14th highest prospect. I think you were picked 21st, I believe, by the Orioles. Um, were you, was there like a number? a slot you were looking to go in again, if you're like Keith law has me at 14, you know, maybe right at 14, 15, somewhere like that. Like, were you, were you upset when you dropped to 21? Were you angry? Were you like, I, I should be top, top 10, top five, whatever, you know, what, what was the emotions like that day? <clears throat> well, actually, so I, like going into my senior year, um, like a lot of them had me, you know, being a top 10, top 10 pick. And then uh, after my senior year, I kind of noticed like, I guess with the, you know, the newcom the, the newcomers, um, you know, those guys who, you know, maybe went off their junior year in college or uh, late bloomers in high school, <clears throat> you know, so I fell down. Well, um, like on the day of the draft, I told my agent, I was like, I don't want to, <clears throat> you know, know who's going to take me before. I was like, but just give me like maybe at the t- before the draft, just give me a couple teams to be on the lookout for. And they told me like angels at 10, um, whoever was it? No, it was, uh, yeah. Angels at 10 Marlins at 13, Kansas city at 14, Seattle at 17. 
and Red Sox at 24. Or no, sorry, Mets at 20 and then Red Sox at 24. That was like the top five teams or something like that. And and so that was like the teams I was looking out for. And then like the – but then I heard um, that Miami was really heavy on me. So I'm like, all right, maybe I probably won't make it past them at 13. And, uh, and then Kansas City's uh, scouting director was, like, supposedly really big on me. So, I'm like, all right, I'll probably be, you know, th- in the 13-14 range. And uh, and then the draft went on, and <clears throat> I started dropping. But, <clears throat> like, two weeks before the draft, there was uh, some articles, like, came out um, saying that they were, like, worried about my, uh, like, off the field. I don't, I don't remember what they said, like, my makeup and – all these things and like just kind of came out of nowhere, like out of the blue. And, uh, and, and I noticed that like, uh, well, I didn't notice. I tried not to look at them, but my dad would always bring them up to me, but <laughs> he'd be like, uh, he's like, yeah, so you, you fell, you know, in this mock draft, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. I was like, but there was like two articles. I, I wish I could find them now. I don't even know if they're a thing anymore, but, um, they were just kind of talking about, I don't know, kind of knocking me and, and everybody like kind of was like, where's that coming from? Blah, blah. And I think that kind of freaked out teams, I guess, but you know, I've landed, I landed where I landed and I think, uh, God. Had- so. Yeah. Again, I mean, I think, I think you landed in a, in a decent spot. Um, and I know <laughs> we, we did, we talked to Grayson about this when we had him on. So you, you've seen the Dan Duquette regime you were drafted by him. And now, again, you and Grayson both are in this Mike Elias regime, which are, it, from the outsiders looking in, it looks like two completely different analytics, you know, viewpoints, things like that. What's the biggest takeaway and biggest difference that you've seen from, from Dan Duquette and those guys a couple of years ago to where the, the Orioles front office is now and, and kind of just what they're doing, you know, on and off the field now? It's definitely a huge difference. I mean, coming from 2017 – um, where, you know, we weren't very analytical at all, um, which uh, which is fine. You know, some people use it, some people don't. But we weren't very analytical and, uh, you know, just not as much technology and stuff. And then, you know, getting the new front office and focusing a little bit more uh, analytically and just using all this technology to, <clears throat> you know, improve our game and stuff. And, uh, it, I mean, you could just tell – especially now, um, you know, the first couple of years, they're kind of like, I feel like kind of working it into the system. But I felt like in 2021, while I was up there playing, you can definitely tell how much, you know, further advanced we are versus 2017. Yeah, I think Grayson had kind of echoed that same thing where he was just like, it's just a night and day difference. So, again, us Orioles fans hearing that from the players' mouths is like, it's – the biggest thing that, that we can take away. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, did did you come in expecting for it to be one way with that old regime, and then when this new stuff came in, it was like finally a brush of uh, fresh air. Like this is what I expected at the professional level, or was it kind of like you did the thing with the old or you know the old regime, and then it was like holy shit, there's this whole other world out there with all this extra stuff that has you know, was it kind of like. Did you did you kind of feel like you were behind the ball with the old regime, or is it? You um, know, well, personally, personally, I'm not I'm not like a huge analytical person um, like myself. I'm not like a, a big um, studier of like the the analytical side. Um, some people are, like I said, some people aren't. 
Um, I'm one of the people who uh, I, I use it. I mean, we all use it, um, but not as much as, you know, somebody else might use it because um, I don't know. I kind of was a, <clears throat> I feel like I kind of have like an older style, um, but I definitely use it um, for certain things, you know, to better my game. Um, and I, I think, I think that's what it, I think that's what it's for. You know, I think it's for, uh, some people to use, you know, as much as they, they see fit and some people to, you know, to not use it, but everybody, everybody uses it in some way. And so it's, I think it's a, it's a good thing and it's good to, uh, you know, see that we're moving forward because there's some, I know there's some teams out there that don't even use it still. So (laughs) Yeah, it feels like one of those things that like you get out what you would like like to get out of it, and to not have it is a disadvantage because like why would you not? And yeah. then, you know, if you want to use fifty percent, somebody wants to use seventy five, like whatever, it helps them get to yeah. their end goal. Everybody what, uses it in a different way. So, what would you describe an old style? That's interesting. You put your pitching style or preparation style that way. What's like an old style for you? Old school style. Um, I think it's more of like the uh, the mental part of like my whole thought process um, when I'm pitching, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, some people like to, like I said, they like to uh, be, uh, you know, very analytical and, and use those things um, more. And I think that I'm more of a, uh, I, I, I take a piece of the analytical stuff and then I take a piece of what's happening in real time with me on the mound. And I kind of uh, use both of those versus, uh, you know, just trying to, think about what I may have read on the computer screen an hour before the game. Um, I might use what I'm seeing in real time uh, versus doing that all the time. So I think, uh, I think I have a little bit of mixture of both and just kind of, you know, I think I have a good mixture. (laughs) You talked about the buoy team uh, earlier and how good they were early in the year. And you got, you guys were awesome to watch. I know I came out to a couple games, um, you guys are just studs all over the field. And again, we asked Grayson this and we said, who's one of the guys, not one of the top, you know, not you, not Grayson, not Adley. Who's one of those guys that maybe you didn't know how good they were going into the season. And again, you kind of, you saw the glimpse of them early on in Bowie and you're like, Oh damn, this, this kid is like under the radar. Very, very good. Who was one of those guys that kind of stuck out to you? Um, You know, I think, I kind of knew – I feel like I knew that he was good um, just because I've been around him for a while, but maybe not other people and maybe not all the, uh, you know, the baseball writers and things like that. But uh, Nick Vest, I mean, I got to go with my boy. He's – I mean, he's shoved, and I think he's – he's always – I mean, he's – if you look at his numbers, he's always done it. But I think he's uh, – I think some light's finally starting to – shine on him so but he definitely I mean he rolled through hitters all year long at the double a and triple a level so I gotta go with him <laughs> and he was he was money in the uh the Arizona league too yep 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 false star and everything well and you you guys I mean you guys got the long hair together too so you guys gotta stick together with that yeah, yeah I gotta I gotta catch up to him I know now. he he's been growing that that thing out for a while so I know you yeah. cut yours you you had it flowing earlier in the year yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna catch up. I'll catch him eventually. And, what's, and I, I know what's the what's the length got to be the perfect length for when you you know you got to really be out there on the mound. Like, do you have a length? Does it ever like distract you? Like, I would always wonder with guys with long hair, does it distract would, you when they're playing? I would rather have it like way longer than this than like this stage because like it gets in my face and makes me mad in this stage. I would rather have <laughs> it like 
longer like I had at the beginning of the year. So I got to get it. I got to, it's going to take me a while, but I'm working on it. <laughs> and now you said during my shitty Wi-Fi card <laughs> opening the other night, you, you're going on the record that you're going to have short hair for your rookie card. You said your first no, rookie card, hair. you said long, long hair. hair for it. Yeah. Uh, so there, there you have it. It's coming. The long hair, it's coming back. Okay. When RDT's yeah. opening up his packs, trying to find your rookie card, he's going to look for the long hair. <laughs> I'll, I got some. I got some of the the early ones, but not not that first rookie one. Obviously, it's not out yet. But we'll grab that. Like, can't I can't sell out, you know, from the fans yet since they were all like talking about the hair. Now I feel like I got to keep it. So you're you're talking about guys, you're talking about guys being like under the radar. Have you, do you feel pressure being a first round pick, or is that something you don't even think about at this point? You're like. You, as you talked about you get sent down to the GCL and you kind of got to grind. Does that all that kind of go away at that point? You're like, ah, I'm nothing yeah, special now. I, mean, once, I feel like once you're in there for a couple of years and like, and another thing that helps is like, I have three, three or four guys after me that have signed for more money than I have. So, so they, I get, <laughs> I'm like the, the old, the old golden child, you know, I'm like a, I'm a veteran now compared to, Compared to the Adley and Grayson and all them now, so. <laughs> but but you were still drafted, you know, before them. You know, you're technically. I mean, you've been in the system longer. You you should be kind of the old man and can put them in their places. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm the king for sure. I'm the <laughs> king. That's not, we can't get that twisted, but um, no, I'm the king. But they're definitely uh, they're looked at, you know, as the golden children still. So. <laughs> They got a couple. Of, all right, though, we got a, We got another one one coming. So uh, we'll we'll get some more some more hype taken off of uh, off of those guys too. <laughs> I I I always think of like when the Orioles are drafting these guys and adding international prospects. In like my mind, I always picture like a fish hatchery and them just taking. Like you'll 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 enjoy this this um, analogy of like them just stocking the pond with these big fish. That's that's yeah. I just keep and and again, it's like throw you in the pond, throw Grayson in the pond, throw Adley, throw Heston, throw all those guys in the big pond. And yeah, and, and that's just this, the talent stockpiling up. So that, oh, yeah. I figured you would like that. Analogy. It's pretty great. It's pretty crazy to see how much, how much talent, you know, we've really put together um, over the past couple of years. It's pretty awesome. I'm ready to, I'm ready for uh, all of us to be together and be able to show it off, you know, at a big league level. I know, I know you're a hunter too. Grayson told us that he set up um, deer cameras behind the fence in right field. And he said he was just kind of scoping out uh, some stuff that was back there. I know, I don't know if you've heard of the story that Dylan Bundy used to take his bow out and, uh, and went while in Bowie and would shoot rabbits before the games. So again, I mean, we, we kind of tossed that idea to Grayson. So if you get hungry before a game, you could always do that. Yeah, he definitely will. So I'm not, I'm not uh I'm not as big a hunter as Grayson, but um yeah, he he that's something he would do. He's a redneck, so <laughs> I feel like we gotta get you boys with uh Ben Cleveland. You know him at all from Georgia? Yeah, yeah I actually so I since I graduated, um or sorry, I didn't graduate because I moved back home, but I went to school with Jake Fromm. So when I would go see him play up at Georgia, I met uh him and Ben were really close. So I met him a couple times. Yeah, I saw you played some high school ball with him. Um, I remember I grabbed a video of him during the national championship game a couple of years ago. He was spinning the ball in his hands as he was dropping back. Did he always do that? And is that just kind of just some, you know, trip that you guys have down there in Georgia? 
<laughs> nah, he actually I, I've seen him do it a couple times. I've seen it, I saw him do it quite a few times, I believe, in high school. So <laughs> but I, I he, just... he couldn't hit like me, but he could <laughs> throw football. Thanks. I remember seeing that video and just being everyone was like, This guy is gonna be the number one pick in the draft, like just because of the ball flip. <laughs> he was sick. I mean, he, and he's he's still in the league, and he is he or he was he in Buffalo for a little bit. Giants, Giants, he, right? Giants, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So he's waiting to see who he's going to go back with uh, this coming year. So yeah, but not yeah. We got to get you in with uh with Ben Cleveland. What was he eating? Wasn't didn't he say he was eating like squirrel or something? Squirrels, yeah. He, said he was. Yeah, yeah. Squirrel. He was just crushing squirrels. I mean, yeah. He was uh he was talking about how squirrel season ends any day now. I think. You got to get them while they're hot. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm that not, is I'm, a that is a world so far beyond outside anything I, I know. That is, yeah, I, I've never, uh, I never really, I actually never hunted. Um, I had went like when I was real young. My grandpa taking me um, a couple times to like deer hunt, and, but I like basically I never really hunted for real on my own until I got into pro ball. Um, and my first year in pro ball, I went up to New Jersey and went duck hunting for the first time. And ever since, that's all I've done, just duck hunting. So that's my that's my my hunting. That's about as far as it goes. I like duck. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you out. Of, we'll we'll get you out of here on this real quick. Oh, you, obviously, you know you played all around, but like you're you're from Georgia. What are your impressions of Baltimore, Maryland? A place. Hopefully, we hope you know you play a long time. What has it been like to sort of be able to see the city and uh, and kind of be around the Maryland area. It's awesome. You know, I like, uh, I love the, uh, you know, the fan base, um, you know, especially when the teams are winning, um, it's an electric place to play. So I'm hoping that we can just, you know, get it back to that, and, uh, kind of make the city glow again. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, we can bring that back, but Baltimore has been awesome. Um, you know, I like, uh, I like the fact that, you know, it's a little rough around the edges sometimes, but, that's kind of like back home. So maybe we can turn the city around and make it glow again when we start winning. <laughs> that sounds good to me. DL Hall, can't wait to see you in orange and black at some point here soon. Get back on the mound in an official capacity. Appreciate you taking some time with us, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you all for having me, man. I enjoyed it. Back to you in the studio. Trust, trust. Back on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. Very much appreciate DL Hall taking a little time out of his day. Um, guy seems very excited to be back on a mound and, and ready to play baseball. I mean, we need the DL Hall, Grayson Rodriguez, one-two punch, all these other guys coming in behind him. That could be very, very fun as we head towards the next four or five years of Orioles baseball. Like I said, I mean, if you don't have a pulse listening to these guys and how jazzed up they are, like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, these guys all seem like the real deal, and I know we've we've seen pitching prospects before, it seems like these guys are different for whatever reason. So I'm, I'm very excited to see a healthy DL Hall out there uh, this season. I think it's interesting hearing him. You know, Grayson talked about the, in specifically the analytics part of the conversation. Like DL is like, yeah, totally get, totally get it, use it, but it's not really how I base my style. Grayson talked about it a little differently. Doesn't seem like it's fully how he bases his style, but I love how like they're just bought into the fact that it's there. Like there's no like resistance. They're like, look, this, this is a tool. We can use it. Uh, he was great. Very excited uh, for him. I'm just excited for all these guys to end up getting, I said this after the Grace interview you did a few weeks ago. Like these guys are going to get up here. I think 
fans are going to fall in love with them. They all seem like they love the city. Like it does not seem fake. Um, they've kind of embraced it. Um, so really like to see that and um, enjoyed having DL on the show. And we're going to try to continue to have some of these guys on as we head through the next few weeks. God knows they're not playing any baseball maybe anytime soon. So we'll have them on the pod talking Orioles and, and about their experiences as, as pro ball players. Let's get to Nick Cannon Medley, Maryland person of the week. RDT. Uh, I'm going our buddy Johnny Minadakis. He got the Restaurant Association Maryland uh, 2022 Lifetime Achievement Award. Youngest ever. So wow. I know. Wow. Congrats to him. It's, it's, I mean, that's big stuff. I know he told me and a couple other people last week, and, and he had, you know, we were like, oh, are you going to announce it? And he's like, ah, not really. And I know they announced it today. But um, again, I mean, that, the youngest ever to do it. I, I tweeted it earlier. Their charity work is better than their food. And, and that's hard to do. Like just the amount of stuff they do every day. You look up, they're donating money or meals or they're doing some fundraiser. Um, again, I mean, there, you won't find many people out there better than Johnny. You won't find many food places better than Jimmy's. Um, I would have said that if they were, you know, if they sponsored us or not. Um, they're just, they, they're just great food, great people. And again, they, they just do. They do more for this community than a lot of people in office and, and, you know, people in the city do for it. So good for no one more deserving than Johnny. So congrats to him and the, and, and his whole team over there. I know they got a lot of hard workers. Good stuff. Very much. Congrats to him. They, they, as we say every week, they do awesome work. Thanks. I am going to take golfers, not named Phil Nicholson. Yes. An absolute L for Phil Nicholson this week. Uh, really this month it's been building over and over. And then the, the comments he made, um, were really just shocking. Like the, he may maybe said it about a week ago, um, claims that they were off the record. Alan Shipnuck is a golf writer that I think is held, um, with a lot of respect in the golf community. And he published these thoughts that Phil shared with him. And I mean, Phil went off, I mean, Phil went off the rails. He, he basically said, you know, I know that these Saudi people that are trying to start this golf league, I kn- which this, this, um, I forget what exactly the initials are, but it, it literally is the Saudi government. It's, it's them. It's, they have an investment fund as an arm of their government. And they, they're the ones trying to start this golf tour. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he just said, I know that they have some bad human rights records and they, they he said, killed. quote, they're like scary motherfuckers or something like that. Like, yeah, he says they you might have even said they kill gay people. The something of the sort. And he said, but this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to change the landscape of professional golf. It's crazy to like you can play the the naive guy who just wants to play golf and say, this is about golf for me. And there's some good that could come of this and you could try to spin it in a certain way. It's another thing to be like, I see the problems at hand and I don't care about the problems at hand. Um, And he got properly dragged all over the internet for about a week. And then slowly, but surely like players off the record anonymously and then players on the record, just pretty much, dunked on him ending pretty much with Rory McIlroy at the end of the tournament on Sunday saying. So that's what um, I was going to say. Rory McIlroy was going to be my Maryland person of the week for saying this quote. 
I don't want to kick someone while he's down, obviously, but I thought his comments were naive, selfish, egotistical, and ignorant. That's incredible. <laughs> That's an incredible quote of like, F this guy. Like, this guy stinks. Phil Mickelson, not to, because I, I, this is exactly what I was going to say. So we can do, I have another one. We can do dual ones. Phil Mickelson has done one of the great nukings of a positive public persona in a short period of time, really, that I've ever seen that didn't involve like criminal activity. Like, nothing he has done is against the law. That's normally what you do to nuke your reputation as an athlete, especially a guy like Phil, who was beloved by galleries, beloved everywhere he went. Fans, you know, like, you know, it was always like Tiger's the best and everyone loves Tiger, but like Phil's the people's golfer. Phil's the guy that smiles at everybody. Phil's the guy that waves at everybody. Phil's the guy that signs the autographs. Tiger, a little more placid, a little more cold, blah, 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 blah. Phil looks like a clown. He looks like such a clown. And it's like, it's kind of sad because I think, you know, us growing up as golfing, Banks and RTU obviously, you know, pay attention to watch. Like Tiger and Phil were the guys. And like, Phil is a big part of where, like, I think a lot of this generation of golf is in terms of how he treated crowds and things like that. And he he was going to have a incredible media career when he was done playing. It's over. It's done. He is going to be toxic. To, unless, I mean, maybe there's a way to turn it around, but he it's, it's tough. I don't think it's as as dead in the water as people are making it out to be. I think it's I think, a little though, bit of he's a, pissed off a lot of power brokers, man. That's his issue. He's pissed off yeah. the decision makers. Like you can piss off fans and still have the decision makers be in your corner. Like you think Jay Monahan is going to let Phil Mickelson be on CBS's PGA tour broadcast or NBC. He's like, no, screw this guy. Like, we're not giving him more opportunities. Phil. I mean, just horrible. I mean, KPMG yeah. accounting and advisory him? firm has been, by his side for like two decades as he's gone through just tons of reputations about him being a gambler. I don't think anybody has ever called him an irresponsible gambler, but a gambler for sure. And also some shady stock behavior that, you know, shady investments, maybe a little bit here. All that was, was a okay with KPMG for two decades and and they dropped him today after all this stuff. So um, things are, he's, <laughs> Phil is down bad. Uh, when I saw those quotes, I thought that was one of those like fake quote cards that like, you know, that, that go across the internet. I was like, there's you thought no it was going to end with, there's a drive to the deep left. Field. Yeah. I, I legitimately, I thought it was a ball sack sports. You know, that's like the new thing, the yeah. ball sack sports tweet. That's what I thought it was. I was like, wait, this isn't, that can't be real. Like, there's no way he said that. There's just no way. And then like, and then when the I saw apology it, was, was like, oh, was a shit apology. Yeah, he it was a horrible job apology. all around. Horrible. He's a joke. Sorry, Phil. Then he'll probably block me on Twitter. It's a good, like really incredible too. Where he, the PGA last year was just kind of a crowning cherry on top to a great career type thing, and turns fifty and could do the Champions Tour and kind of play the majors and smile and maybe he'll have a, a masters or two where he, he's in the contention on the weekend and whatever. Um, things aren't so rosy anymore. So and I, the thing, the other thing too, is that he, despite all the complaints about having to pay for his own, uh, what did he call it? His own media or whatever he had to, you know, when he does those matches, I don't know that he can still do those matches. And he was making money hand over fist with those things. 
talking so, about like the Tiger and Brady yeah, and all that? The, yeah. And especially with Tiger, you know, Tiger losing – Tiger being out for a bit hurt the value on some of that for a little bit, but it made it more his than Tiger's to a very strong degree. So he went off and did his his one with Bryson and – um. Brady and Rogers, right? Yeah. Brady and Rogers? Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. He um, seems to be more and more like Aaron Rodgers now, too, the last couple of months. Like, kind of thought he was like, oh, yeah, like, he's kind of funny. He's, you know, he's a good boy. Everyone likes him. And now it's kind of like, all right, truth is kind of coming out. Yeah, the suits seem kind of fucked up. Brutal. Brutal. Like I said, I was going to give mine to Rory because that was just such a devastating quote from a it really was. thoughtful guy who, by the way, like, before everyone was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I don't like where the money's coming from because Rory's that, a smart guy. Dustin Johnson just not really clever enough to come up with a roast. So he just puts out a statement through the tour, which I mean, that was the big domino. That was the start of it. And then and Bryson, then, and then Bryson our guy, former guest. Catch on to the, with the with actually the not non-committal commit to the PGA tour. I'll play wherever the <laughs> best players were playing. Come on, Bryson. Come on, our guy. I first of all, like we've had obviously had Bryson on here, which was awesome. And he was great. Like I wasn't able to like be there for that entire thing but listen he was awesome so like but man like he the way he deals with his public persona is so bizarre sometimes you're like god you really want to like this guy and then he does things like that and you're like what are you doing best where the best players in the world plays the freaking pga tour of course that's where you're gonna play but you were gonna get 25 million dollars or whatever it is to go play in saudi arabia although they're gonna play like 10 events here but um yeah, so he gets yeah the non-committal committal is a very very good way to put it. But um, in lieu of Rory, because you you had that one, um, my one of my honor my one honorable mention was going to be um, Thatch Russell, who, despite the fact that he could have mailed this Maryland season in at any point here, um, and I don't think anyone could have blamed just based on the way things have gone, and 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 really the rest of the team as well. But he is sort of leading the charge there. Guy's playing his ass off for the Terps been here for you know nine months less than a year like called felt city last night they felt like maryland's home for him like credit to that credit to fats who i think everyone has had a great um, time dealing with in maryland like he's been a good dude um and he deserves to to end his college career playing the way he's playing he's he's helping the terps stay competitive here as we head towards the end of the year so i just want to shout him out he's been a very fun to watch i mean the performance he put on at purdue was i mean he almost won the game not by himself. Everyone that I guess play well, but shout to fans. You guys have any honorable mentions? Um, I have just coming across the wire. Will likely ninth round pick, third overall in the er, third overall pick in the ninth round to the Houston Gamblers in the uh, USFL, the USFL draft. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So Will likely. Thanks. Cool. What was he? Your mom's favorite cornerback. Your mama's favorite corner. Yeah. Yeah. So I just I happened to be scrolling and saw that. So shout out Will Likely. I'd be remiss not to give one to Taylor for just a masterclass of social media dominance uh, last night. So thank you. It, it was, was very an honor. very I enjoyable night. Honestly, on no one has ever, ever 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 been more in their element. That 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 is very true. I, it was funny. I was like walking around the game beforehand, and people, I kid you not, were like clapping for me as i like walked in not i hadn't done anything yet. i hadn't done anything it was just about the fact that it was happening and was i didn't even hype. like i didn't even originally like I, I did the tweet a few months ago when the album came out but our marketing team i gotta shout out our 
male marketing team were most like energetic and like willing to do stuff. And they like pushed that whole idea forward and then allowed me like run through it with the social. So shout out to Rachel and Abby and Lala and Tori and Cornfield and Luby and all those guys. Um, but it was like, I was like, this game is becoming way too much about me, but it was very fun. It was very, it, my two, two of my great loves. There might be that besides like my friends and my family, Maryland basketball and Taylor Swift, maybe like the two great loves of my life. So it was, uh, it was an event. You know what I thought was we funny won, too? and we won, and we won. I I liked seeing like some of the people that I know that listen to the podcast, like tweeting from their account, being like, I saw multiple being like, Taylor is going off tonight, like retweeting the Maryland tweet. People like <laughs> who don't that was know really you, cool. or yeah. like who may not, if the podcast didn't exist, like they may not have ever run into you, and they're like, Taylor is on one tonight, and I was like, Yeah, yeah I have like, to go back cool. and I saw this. I have to go back and like all this. Like that's so cool. Like I very much appreciate people doing that. Like that, that means a lot because, was, you know, again, it was, your, it was your Super Bowl Olympics Christmas. Like I yeah. legitimately was like, I was texting like my sister and being like, are you, are you looking at these tweets? Like this is, these are great. Yeah. So I was, I, I, I said, if Taylor Swift tweeted at us, I was going to leave my laptop and my shoes in the middle of the floor and never be seen again <laughs> in Maryland. That Raise your laptop ha- to the rafters. That did not happen. Although we do have Swifty Stan accounts. That's all the Maryland basketball mentions are right now, retweeting our tweets, which is one of the more unbelievable things I've ever seen on social media. Um, so maybe, maybe, maybe Taylor will, will somehow at some point like a tweet or something. I that offer still stands. If that happens in the next couple of days, I will. And I'm supposed to. Go, I'm going to Bloomington tomorrow with men's basketball. I will fly back on my own dime. Maybe I'll stick my shoes in my laptop in the middle of the court at Assembly Hall, and then just never be seen again in college athletics. I've done all I can do. Um, thank you for that. Very nice of you. Um, so yeah, that's the uh, that's the podcast. That's the podcast. I mean, look. Let's be honest, because we're honest with our listeners. Give us some Baltimore sports topics you'd like us to debate, some lists, because right now with no baseball coming and no and uh, sort of, you know, this little couple week malaise after the Super Bowl and football news, I'm sure something will happen we'll have to talk about, but we'd love to go back, like, you know, break down old Baltimore stuff. Um, so let us know what you think. Obviously, we have some ideas up our sleeve as well, but always want to try to give the listeners what they want. So let us know. You can follow us all on social media, me at Tellers My 10. You can follow Banks at Barstool Banks. You can follow Eric at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. You can follow the podcast, as always, XFQ Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to go to Fed Thrill, get your sunglasses. You know the promo code every single week. Um, Thread Little Midnight's got your 52 merch. And then, as Eric said, no better time to support Jimmy Steve for all the community work they continue to do. Uh, really, really good stuff. We will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.